Praise God. Amen. How many love Jesus in this place? Of course you do, because you wouldn't be anywhere else if it wasn't for Jesus. Amen. I don't know if that came out right, but I sure meant it. Amen. With all the love I can muster. Glory to God. It's good to be here tonight. Good to see everybody. What a blessing it is for, uh, for song service. So praise God for all the folks participating and their different gifts that God has given them. Uh, I've been into a few, ch- a few churches where song services. <laughs> yeah, I'm the best singer there. <laughs> Amen. So, you know, that's not too good. But uh, just had a great time this morning, this evening, worshiping Jesus. Amen. Let's turn our Bibles to Colossians 1, 14 through 17. So I've been around seeking uh, to and fro, as, amen, as the devil has been for thousands of years, going in and out of the earth, looking for revivals. <laughs> and I bring you good news. God's doing good things. Amen. I got to preach in Waycross. We had a good time down there. Waycross, Georgia did a revival there. Amen. For some folks I know in Florida, just got back from uh, Pastor Troy uh, Johnston and his wife, Christine, in Arlington, Texas. We had a great time out there. What a beautiful church. So I'm trying to put a little video together. If you're interested in seeing that, just keep praying. Amen. Because it takes <laughs> it takes video uh, content to do that. And so I've, I've received promises and uh, we're going to see what they come up with. And uh, and that'll be a good thing. But God's doing good things. Man got healed there. A guy named Danny. God touching him in his fingers. Amen. Uh, loss of uh, feeling in his extremities, and so God did a miracle during that revival. Many other good things happening all over the world. Colossians 1, 14 through 17, I'm trying to preach a little bit slower this evening because I almost killed a translator in Arlington, Texas. Poor guy, I asked him if he works out a lot and said, well, you're fixing to tonight. He called me Pastor Conejo when I was done. And so if you speak Spanish, you know what that means. The Pastor Pastor Rabbit, amen. Um, And you guys know my style, so I apologized ahead of time. Uh, but he got through it, amen, a good Mexican brother there, uh, Mexican roots, and uh, Luis, he preached uh, and translated, it was a great, great time, amen, so I want to preach a, a, a sermon that may have uh, no linking to my title as I normally do, we're going to preach about mighty Jesus tonight, and we're just going to see where God takes us, hallelujah, amen. And uh, we'll see where we're going to end up. Glory to God. You know, I just want to appreciate everyone so inviting me into the fellowship. As you guys may or may not know, I was actually baptized a Baptist. Amen. Some of you know the story. Amen. And so I uh, hope that doesn't offend anybody. If it does, just write me a letter. It's a 1091. That's my neighbor's house. 1091 Hancock Court. And I'll be sure to get back to you as soon as I can. Amen. <laughs> Colossians 1.14, I want to preach about how great God is. How many know we serve a great God? Amen. And so we're going to look at the birth of Jesus, and we're going to look at some birth of some other important men in history, and there's quite a contrast. And so this really isn't a Christmas story as much as it is a, a, a picture of how great God is and how great His willingness to redeem is. Amen. And so we're going to contrast the two. They're on opposite sides of the spectrum. How how many here you grew up or you were familiar with a dictatorship in your country, wherever you're from? Dictatorship or uh, uh, um, executive fiat, whatever you want to call it, communist country. I've been to Cuba. I've been to many socialist countries. And uh, just the people put up with it, right? You know why they put up with it? Because they have no other choice. Amen. And so we have a God that is all-powerful and able to do all things, and he's going to do what he wants to do. Amen? But the great thing is about Jesus is he died in our place. Amen? 
and he set us free from our sin, and he is interested in helping us. Can you say amen? Unlike many different governments in the world, uh, uh, communist dictatorships, they're all about themselves. You speak against them. How many heard that uh, Putin had, uh, he was doing, a, I don't know what, a telecast or something like that. And uh, Putin himself, uh, uh, AI generated, asked him a question, and it was Putin himself sitting in a chair. And have anybody seen that online? And so he's basically saying, you know, what, I don't know. He asks him a question, and you can see Putin's rage, man. He's fixing to kill whoever <laughs> allowed himself being seated in a chair looking just like him, asking him a question. And he said, and he looks at the camera, and he goes, there's only going to be one of me. And he does his eyes like this. <laughs> and there was some laughing at first. It got real quiet uh, shortly after that. <laughs> But we serve a God, amen, who, yes, he's in complete control. He wants to help us tonight. He could crush us like a bug, but how many know God's not interested in crushing us? Praise God. Hallelujah. He's interested in redeeming us and setting us free. This is a wild thing. Amen. How many here you like power? Come on, somebody. Oh, yeah, they make you the boss at work. Everybody would quit. Amen. That's why I've never been the boss of anything. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Just being, just being honest there. Amen. But think about this. Jesus died. Complete control, complete ability to crush us like bugs, but he redeems us. Amen. So let that get in your soul tonight. Colossians 1, 14 through 17. The Bible talking about Jesus in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. Wrap your head around that. Amen. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Amen. How many know nobody else can have a, uh, something written about them except Jesus like that? Come on, somebody. That is an incredible thing. That talks about that he was born in the beginning. He created it all. Amen. And Jesus is holding it all together. How many know Jesus is holding your life tonight all together? Amen. Whether it's good, you're struggling, you're having a hard time, we can trust uh, that God has his best, uh, your best, uh, well, no, his best interest for us. Amen. <laughs> he wants to help us. Hallelujah. So let's look at how powerful was Jesus in the flesh, right? So think about this with me. We're going to look at three different people that were born, and we're going to compare, well, one of them is Jesus, but we're going to look at three different people. Jesus, we're going to look at, uh, who else do I have here? Hitler, and uh, who's the other famous guy here? Uh, let's see here. We're going to find it here. Napoleon Bonaparte. Amen. I mean, those are famous people, right? Most of you kind of know that they were kind of important in some way or fashion, right? You kind of remember that about seventh grade, right before you dropped out. Amen. Uh, and so these are important men. So we're going to contrast Jesus' birth and what happened with these other world leaders uh, that have previously died. Amen. And we're going to see a big difference here. Amen. Matthew 2, 1 through 4. Now, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, Behold, there came wise men from the east of Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chiefs and scribes and people together, he demanded of them where the Christ should be born. Amen. So here we have an understanding of how important just the birth of Jesus was. 
How many are getting this tonight? You'll get it. It's not that hard. Trust me. I'm not that complicated in a preaching. Hallelujah. He was a baby bringing terror and great concern to not only the ruler of a territory, but to the entire populace. Amen. Think about that. I don't know about you. When you were born, probably the only people that cared was your mom and your dad. Sorry. Right? The moms definitely cared. Dads, eh, I don't know. What is that purple thing? I can't watch this. You know, some of us passed out. We were excited. Uh, some of us may have cried, you know, at the birth of our children. Then they turned teenagers. No, I'm, just, I'm not supposed to say that. Amen. If you're a teenager in this place, God love you. Hallelujah. Just hold on to the train. Don't let go because if you do, you're going to get hit by another one. Amen. You're going to get through it. Hallelujah. And one day you'll be a man or woman of God. Right? That's your encouragement if you're, uh, you're in your teenage years. Yeah, it's crazy. Amen. But think about Jesus. Jesus is born. You and I are born. Nobody cares. Lorna and Steve Wiktorski, you know. Uh, Stephen, the four, Stephen the third is born. That's me. Stephen the fourth is my son. Right? Yay! Everybody else on the TV. Nobody even knows, right? Nobody cares, right, for the most part. Just the immediate family. Oh, we got a child. You know, They bring him to church, and you're supposed to worship the child. I'm, I'm not even going to go there. Amen? <laughs> Uh, I'll get some emails on that one. Yeah, let me tell you what it's like having a child, okay? It's like a baseball. No, no, no. It's like a watermelon. You understand? Water. No, okay. <laughs> We're going to leave that one alone, amen? But here's the reality. You and I are born, and nobody, nobody really cares, just our parents. But Jesus is born. Listen to this. This is a wild thing. Uh, they are in an uproar. Uh, the word there, uh, it says he was troubled in all Jerusalem with him. That word trouble, we also find in 1 Peter 3.14. But, but, and if ye suffer for righteousness sake, happy are ye, and be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. How many here, you've had a rough time in Jesus? Amen. Just raise your hand. Get it up there. Everybody should be lifting your hands right now. Either that or you are not listening tonight. Get the hands up. There we go, on the front row. We got one half a hand. It's difficult serving Jesus. I mean, life is difficult. And so when you feel difficult, you feel troubled. That's how, uh, amen, Herod uh, felt. He was uh, concerned about dominion, power, his throne. And then the people in, in Jerusalem there were also very concerned, like your worst day. Amen. Come on, somebody. And this is all about what? The birth of a child. Oh, man, here he comes, baby Jesus. Boo! <laughs> you know, he's just sucking on a pacifier, somebody's finger, you know. Oh, keep him away from me. Keep him away from me. Don't you get near me. Not during the preaching, no! I was just adding a little something there to help some of you out. You haven't laughed in weeks, I can tell. <laughs> you need this. You really need this. Thank God you got through your sicknesses. You need this tonight. But think about that. Here's a child. Oh, yes. Flores little baby. Oh, it's coming to church. What are we going to do? I'm not going. I'm not going. Oh, my gosh. Is she bringing it? No. We see the little baby. We're like, it's so cute. Oh, you know. And it is. It is. Every child here is cute to you. No, no, just kidding. <laughs> no, to everyone that has a child, they're all cute, right? And so you think about this with me, you know, they bring the little baby and everyone's like, oh, oh, but nobody's terrified. Amen. Nobody's like, where's my wallet? Let me go get my pistol. You keep that child away from me. You understand me? You keep that child at home. No, Jesus is born and all the world is highly upset 
that know that he's born. Amen. So this means something. Amen. That, that there is something about the birth of Jesus that had people really, really concerned. Amen. Let's look at, uh, think about this with me. The world counts. Uh, this is somebody that counts babies being born. The number of babies born every second varies depending on the source and the year of estimation. However, a rough average is 4.3 births per second worldwide. I mean, well, that's a lot of children. That's a lot of pushing. Amen. That's a lot of pain and suffering. Amen. That's a lot of people wondering, how are we going to pay for this one? Right? We've already got 16. <laughs> I tell you, quit being Roman Catholic and become born again. You can cut that in half. Amen. Oops, sorry about that. <laughs> I can say that. I used to be Catholic. Amen. Praise God. Path Catholics can get saved. Glory to God. <laughs> and still have lots of children if you want to. Amen. But how many know many births are happening at high rates around the world, and the only people usually concerned are, like I said, the immediate family. Another, oh, I just heard one. <laughs> Was your immediate reaction, whoa, watch out, there's one. Not at all. But when Jesus was born, those living on earth knew he was something powerful and one to be feared. How many know he was the Christ? Now we get down to it. How many know Jesus uh, was born uh, the Christ? Jesus was born with a title. Amen? Think of a great person in history. I don't know who you're thinking of. It could be, I have absolutely no idea. could be Jimmy Carter for some of you. Jimmy Carter, man, I'm telling you, Jimmy's my man. But you know, when Jimmy was born, he wasn't born with a title. Amen. Ronald Reagan. Oh, oh, the true-blooded American. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan, amen. Depending on your, your, I don't know, your political leaning, amen. That's right, I am politically insensitive, and I'm insensitive in many other ways also. I apologize. But think about this. When they were born, they weren't born with a title. Amen. If I remember correctly, Ronald Reagan was what? He worked in, uh, in uh, Hollywood, didn't he? <laughs> Amen. Worked in Hollywood. He wasn't born with a title. Ronald Reagan, the president. No. <laughs> he wasn't born with anything. He was just born. But think about this. Herod finds out Jesus is being born. But more importantly, he had two titles, the Christ and King of the Jews. Oh, snap. Anybody here, you were born with a title? We looked at Jabez this morning, right? Pastor was preaching about Jabez. He was born with a title. It wasn't a good one, <laughs> right? Jabez's name, what is it, born in pain or something like Shameful, sorrowful. He had a title. But here Jesus is born, king of the Jews, number one, and then also the Christ, the redeemer of mankind. Amen. And so Herod is so freaked out about this. We read in Matthew 2, 16, Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, became furious, and he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and all that region who were two years old or under according to the time that he ascertained from the wise men. So how many know you don't go murdering children unless you are extremely afraid of what that child is? Amen. How many are you catching this tonight? Praise God. All right. Let's read about Napoleon Bonaparte. He's not in the Bible, but we're going to read his powerful testimony of being born and compare it to Jesus's. Here we go. The child is leaving the room. Goodbye, baby. Aren't you glad they're not terrifying? Praise the Lord. Amen. Napoleon Bonaparte, also known as Napoleon I, was a French military leader and emperor who conquered much of Europe in the early 19th century. Born on the island of Corsica. Wait for it. I'm not done with his testimony. Napoleon rapidly rose to the ranks of the military during the French Revolution, period. Praise the Lord. 
Amen. Anybody here, you got scared when you heard that? Napoleon Bonaparte. Some of you are like, I don't know who that is. <laughs> is that a surfboard? <laughs> Can I wax my board, man, with that? Sounds like a surf stuff. So think of Napoleon Bonaparte. He was born, oh, man, this is a man that conquered a, a, a lot of the world at that time, right? <laughs> I'm not much of a historian, but he was an important person. Most of us know who he is. When he was born, <sighs> Excuse me, get me a bit more lager. Perhaps some more hay for my child. That's my French accent because I don't. I know it sounded English, but they're very close. At least within 1,400 miles of each other, I think. But think about that. Napoleon Bonaparte, right? Oh, think about this one, Adolf Hitler. Dun, dun, dun. Right? Horrible, wicked man. Slightly racist and lots of other things. Amen? Horrible manna, right? Most of us were thinking, man, if he wasn't born, I'd have a lot of my relatives still alive. Honestly, it's okay. You can laugh. I'm sure you're not Polish or Jewish, right? But think about that. This is a reality. Here's a murder. Think about if he was never born. How many people's lives would be saved? What about Stalin? Stalin killed way more people than Hitler ever did. By the millions, his own people. Come on, somebody. Think about these people when they're born. Adolf Hitler, this is him being born, 20th of April, 1889, was an Austrian-born German politician who was a dictator of Germany from 1933 until his suicide in 1945. It says here that he was raised near Linz. He was born in Branu am Inn. <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't speak German. So here's this man that Adolf Hitler is born, and guess what? Nobody cares. But Jesus is born, and the Bible says that all those that heard about it were extremely troubled. Amen. How many of that gives us significance about the power of Jesus Christ, that he was more than just a man? Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, come on, we already know this. I covered this in, like, like when Jim was teaching me way in the back in children's church. That's true, but just it gets better amen so there's no stories of the masses being concerned or fearing the birth of napoleon or hitler or stalin it's not there so what was the difference and you know what the difference is jesus uh, is born with the title of christ king of the jews how many know if anybody has a title on earth it's given to him by men come on somebody that's a good place to say amen right and now entering king edward the second the magnificent Lion of Wales. This is some sort of powerful staff. I don't know. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's all they get. Amen. And there, there he is, the king, the pontiff. I'm here to pontificate. Hear ye, hear ye, now doth I stand. <laughs> Please do not ask me what's in my other hand. It's like, who is this guy? He's a king. <laughs> doth thou not notice and comprehend these things? He's the king. Okay, that's great. Nobody really cares. Let's be honest. Well, okay. Well, uh, maybe, okay. I'm, I apologize to anybody from England that may be in this congregation and that may be watching this video online. <laughs> Thank God for your king, but 
the king of kings, Jesus, is way better. Amen? So Jesus is born. Amen. I guess some kings are born with a title. Amen. But nobody was really afraid of most kings that are born. But with Jesus, amen, there's a supernatural aspect. This was God in the flesh here to help us. Amen. Hebrews 7.3 talks about Jesus without father, without mother, without descent. Is that anybody here? Don't raise your hand. It's a trick question. <laughs> Having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. So this is talking about Melchizedek, Melchizedek, however you want to pronounce it, the priest of the Old Testament, but it's really talking about Jesus. He does not have a father. He's without mother. He's without descent. This this is a man, amen, that, that is beyond natural. It is supernatural. It's talking about Jesus. He was born with the title King of the Jews, amen, and the Christ. Hallelujah. And so let's think about what are the implications of this for, t- for us tonight. Amen. Pastor, what are you trying to say? Jesus was born in a manger. I know that. Well, we're getting there. Amen. This isn't just a normal man. This is a supernatural man. Revelations 5, 1 through 9. Uh, you know, John saw a scroll there. And he, he, this is the scene that plays out, Revelations 5, 1 through 9, that John starts crying because nobody can open the seal. I don't know about you. Anybody here, you're ready for, for Jesus to open the seal in the book of Revelations? That's right. That's when all the business deals, Antonio, that you had that went south, and you're like, this dude ripped me off, and that dude ripped me off, and this dude ripped When Jesus opens those seals, brother, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everything is going to be made right. Anybody here, you ever been done wrong? Oh, this is when it all comes out in the wash, buddy. It's when it all, Jesus opens those seals, and then he just lays down judgment. This is this, and this is this, and you owe him this much, and you do it. <laughs> he just lays it all, all the times you were arguing with your wife and you thought you were right. Jesus is going to have a scorecard. What year you want? What month? What day? Yeah, okay. Yeah, you remember you said that about her dog, right? Okay. Actually, what it was, it was a fungal infection in her nail, okay? You didn't have to have the dogs. That's right. Cut off. Amen. Right? This is what it all comes down. God makes it all right. You've been treated unjustly, had a rough life. Come on, somebody. This is where it gets good. Jesus opening the seals. It, it is the wrapping up of all things. Come on, somebody. And this is the God that we serve. When I saw on the right hand of him who is seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back sealed with seven seals. And I saw a mighty angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? So this is powerful. Look at where they're looking. And no one in heaven or on earth, amen, or under the earth. That's, that's some good doctrine to believe that hell is actually in the center of the earth. You can take it or leave it, amen. They can't find anybody. Was, no one was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I began to weep loudly because there is no one found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it. So here's John. He's saved. He's living for God. He's having this revelation. He's up in heaven. He's watching prophecies to come to pass. And he's upset because God's righteousness, his fulfillment of making everything right is unable to come to pass. Amen? And so he's not happy about this. He's weeping. An angel comes to him in verse 5. And one of the elders said to me, Weep no more. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Hallelujah. The root of David has conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Aren't you glad for that? How many know Hitler ain't opening nothing? Amen. The king is not opening anything. Come on, somebody. 
uh, the greatest person that, uh, uh, besides Jesus, who walked the earth, whoever that is, Solomon. Solomon's not opening anything. Come on, somebody. Amen. Nobody's opening these scrolls, but Jesus himself, that is the powerful God we serve tonight. Aren't you glad for that? You're having a hard time. Your difficulties are kidding you. I'm here to tell you Jesus is bigger and better. Hallelujah. Always has been, always will be. And so we read in verse 8, And when Jesus had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the Lamb of God. We know that's Jesus. Each holding a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And listen, they sang a new song. Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you are slain, and by your blood you ransom people for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. How I many know this is talking about the God we serve? This is the God that was born that severely affected and troubled people on earth. Amen. It was Jesus and it was God in the flesh. Hallelujah. That's the same God. We serve tonight. So I know I do a little joking, but let me ask you, does this describe the God you're serving? Amen. Or is it just Jesus in the manger? That's just a baby. That's just a baby. That's just a baby. Are you like, oh, snap, I serve Jesus, man. This has got good implications. Yeah, I can pray to him, and he can hear me. He can bring deliverance. He can bring healing in my body. He can save my children's. Amen. He can help me where I'm at. He cares about my job. Amen. He cares about me. Anybody here, you have that revelation yet? That Jesus cares about you? He cares about you individually. He cares about what you're going through. Ladies, aren't you glad for that? When your husband's like, oh, uh, uh, you can pray to God and God can speak to you because he cares about you. It's a good place to say amen, I thought. Amen. And so does this describe the God you are serving, all-powerful and able God? Or does your life, the actions and the decisions that you made reflect a God that is not powerful and not able? Amen. I, I want to serve an all-powerful God. Amen. I want to have my actions uh, show that Jesus is real. Think about this with me. How you view your Savior determines his ability to save. Say it ain't so, Pastor. I love that every time I pray for somebody, they got healed. The guy would just knock him into the fifth row back there. Loose him right now, Jesus. Poof. Bam. Whoa. Praise God, man. Completely set free. But guess what? It doesn't always work like that. Amen. Now, why is that? Because you have a will. You have a will. I don't know what you're doing. I don't know if you're displeasing, you're pleasing God. Amen. We live in a fallen world where sin operates, right? There's curses operating. But I sure would like to just knock you into the fifth thing. If knocking you into the fifth chair back got deliverance, I'd do it. Hallelujah. Oh, I'd, I'd, I'd create a slingshot. Just approach the machine. That's right. Just put your head right in it. We're going to stretch you back. Hey, If every time I did that, I'd get set free. Woo, I'd do it. How I many know it does not work that way? And aren't you glad? <laughs> Hallelujah. But think about that with me tonight. How you view your Savior directly affects his ability to save. Amen. Think about this. Matthew 13, 54 through 58. He's in his hometown. Jesus is. And when he comes into his hometown, it says in verse 54, uh, he taught them in their synagogue insomuch that they were astonished and said, Whence hath this man, this wisdom, and these mighty works? They were astounded that Jesus was able to heal people 
that he was able to bring complete deliverance. But verse 55, they put Jesus in a box. It's not this the carpenter's son. It's not his mother called Mary and his brothers, James and Joseph and uh, Jose, Jose, I don't know, and Simon and Judas and his sisters. Are they not all here with us? Whence then hath this man all these things? And they were offended in Jesus. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, save in his own country and in his own house. And verse 58, listen to this. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. So here's a God that was born with a supernatural title, able to do all things, uh, but because of unbelief in people that knew him as the carpenter's son, he couldn't do anything. I don't know about you. I don't want to label Jesus as the carpenter's son. Amen? How you see, believe Jesus, uh, how you view your Savior determines his ability to save. Amen? Are you in a, a difficult spot right now? How you view Jesus is really, really key to your deliverance. If you believe God's not interested, you guess what? You're going to have a hard time pressing through for a miracle. Sometimes I pray for people, and it's like, blah, 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 blah. Amen. Go. No, it's not that bad. I'm not that disrespectful. But there's sometimes I pray for people. I'm like, I don't think I, <laughs> I got a funny feeling here. Amen. You know, they're looking at me like, try and heal me. Try it. I haven't believed God in 10 years. I'm keeping my demon. Do you know? And you're like, praise God. Set him free. Amen. Okay, next. <laughs> Holy smokes, that guy's like 600 degrees, and it ain't the Holy Ghost. He's <sighs> I remember years ago in Prescott, they were praying for, I think it was Prescott. They went up there, there's a guy in a trench coat somewhere. It wasn't Prescott. He's wearing his trench, he looks like the lead singer from Metallica, you know. Maybe some of y'all remember this. He was a black trench coat. I'm like, that guy's got a shotgun underneath there. I know he does. And he's standing up there like, Rawr! you know, everything Metallica is saying, Rawr! at the end. How are you doing? Rawr! Got that roar after it, you know. He's standing up there. They're praying for him. I remember he's standing there like this. He's shaking, you know. He's manifesting. He didn't get delivered. You know why? He didn't want to be. Personally, I just would have nudged him off the stage. Praise God. Oh, hey, sorry, brother. Hey, you all right, man? Let me attend to your needs. No, I'm just kidding. We don't do that to visitors, amen. Only second time, second time people that come back, amen. I'm kidding online, that was a joke. <laughs> but think about that with me. People that have an incorrect view of Jesus, whether sinners or saints, you're not going to get much. So I preached all this to say this right here, and then we're going to close. And you guys are going to go home happy, amen, because God's on the throne. John 8, 1 through 11, Jesus is all-powerful, but we can hold Jesus in a box. And so we looked at God as almighty. He's able to do everything that he wants to do. Amen? And so let's look at John 8, 1 through 11. So here is all-powerful God, and he has the ability and the righteous judgment to totally zap a woman that's in adultery. You guys know the story, right? They just bring the woman. I guess the guy's okay. What is that about, right? So this woman commits adultery. The Bible says they caught her in the act. Okay, hmm, that's interesting too. Where's the guy? Was the guy go off free? Come on, somebody. This is not a good scene here. This woman is being set up. They're trying to set up Jesus. So here's all-powerful Jesus, right? 
This is, the, this is the man that reads people's thoughts, the intents of their hearts, right? So here's the man. If there's one person that could just smoke this woman, just be gone. That'd be Jesus. And he'd be right in doing it, but the all-powerful God of the universe does something extraordinary, and you'll not find it in any other religion because it doesn't exist. Jesus extends mercy. I think that's going to help somebody in this place tonight. You're struggling. You're depressed. You're like, I don't even think God wants to help me, man. I failed. I've fallen. I've just, man, there ain't no way. There's no way God can use me. And God's speaking to you right now. Yes, I could smoke you like a bug with a magnifying glass. I don't even need a magnifying glass. I just look at you, and you're gone. But Jesus is telling us tonight, I have that ability, but you know what? I rather redeem you. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And that should change your perspective of Jesus to say, you know what? God can help me. And when you start thinking right and you start asking right, how many know God can help you tonight? So let's look at this story as we're closing. John 8, 1 through 11. But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. So this is a lot of people. Verse 3, the scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery, and placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now the law of Moses commands us to stone such women. What do you say? This they said to test him that he might have some charge or that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. Verse 8, And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? Verse 11, this is the only thing she says. She said, No one, Lord. And Jesus said, Neither do I condemn you. Go from now on and sin no more. I mean, this is a powerful revelation of Jesus' character that, yes, he's all-powerful, right? And, yes, he's going to judge sin, and he does judge sin. But the reality is this. uh, If anybody could have thrown a stone right there, guess who it was? It was Jesus. And instead of Jesus throwing a stone and killing this woman, which would have been appropriate to the old covenant, Jesus says, go and sin no more. And that's it. So let's work through this because some of you are confused. This is a complicated thing. So here it is. There's hundreds of people there. And they bring this woman in there. And all of a sudden, church is interesting. Oh, yeah. It's just not some guy up there. Blah, 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 Jehovah. <laughs> All of a sudden, man, you know, you know, people are sleeping, you know. Ah, ah, you're screaming. They're bringing this woman in. I don't know if she's screaming or not. I'm just kind of adding stuff. But there's hundreds of people there, at least, uh, in the synagogue. And so there's people, and this is all playing out, right? Just like I read it, they're in the know. Now, how many know people get, you know, you get, you get your little opinions already? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, I know her. Oh, that girl? Mm. I don't doubt it. She's so nasty. Huh. Well, I tell you what, I was in the club. My, I mean, I was, uh, I saw her, I saw her somewhere, you know, getting food in the market. She was all like this and that, right? And not mm, right on her. She's going to get smoked. That's what's going to happen. Then, then there's, there's other people over there, and they're like, 
oh, yeah, this is going to get interesting. Watch this. God's going to kill her. Oh, yeah. Right? I wonder if there's people that picked up stones even, you know, just kind of like, oh, my knee, my knee. Oh, yeah. Oh, my knee. I got one right here, buddy. You got yours? Yeah, I got mine. Oh, man, we did this last week. It's a blast. Aim for the head. Oh, aim for the head. It's incredible. The sound. Doink. Oh. Everyone's coming to their own opinions, whether this woman is guilty, right? I mean, nobody here probably agrees that she's innocent, right? She was caught in the act. Now, how will they prove that? I don't know. But anyways, think about all these people. And they're waiting for what? They're waiting for righteous vengeance. Yes. Vengeance is the Lord's. Judge her. Come on, somebody. Even the quiet ones. I hope she gets it. <laughs> all the little Karens. Oh, they had Karens back then. Let me tell you. Might not have been Caucasian, but they were there. Mm-hmm. That's what she gets for messing around. Yeah. Maybe there's quiet people. So think about this. In all their minds, they've probably already judged her, or they know what Jesus is going to do. And how many know Jesus does a supernatural thing? The God of all power and dominion does what? Go and sin no more and lets her go. Ooh, I wonder how that hit people, you know? Is that when you dropped your stone, you know, under your, under your tunic, you know? Kind of shook it out of your – they didn't have pants. They didn't have <laughs> They didn't have pant legs back then, but I don't know, what are they, what are they, ephod, you know? <laughs> hey, is that, is that yours? No, I never picked one up. I never. I was the same way. I was like, let her go, man. Let, you know, she's good. But how many know, with one act like that, everybody formed an opinion, right? Everybody thinks something about this nasty little girl, right? I'm willing to bet you God was convicting them and be like, man, you were at the party too. You were there with her. She just happened to get caught. And you all, oh, oh, I mean, the ones that are like, yeah, get her, get her. They're the worst ones. They were at the same party doing the same thing. So here it is. This whole synagogue comes together. They're looking to frame Jesus to do something that he doesn't want to, want to do. And how many know the God of the cosmos says, you know what? Who's condemned you, sister? Nobody. That's all she says. No one, Lord. That's the only, that's the, here's her testimony. What'd she say? No one, Lord. <laughs> that's all we have from her. But you know what God does? God, God just, whew, don't do it anymore. And lets her go. You know what that means for some people in this place? Maybe to frame this to your situation. You've done some things. Amen. You've done some things and you like, I ain't never told nobody about that. Right? And sometimes those things want to come back. Amen. That's part of life. Huh? That dirt wants to stick to you again. And here, I'm here to tell you, this, this woman went out back into the public. She had to face everybody. Oh, well, there's Mrs. Lulu. Aren't you something, huh? And she's getting, right? She's getting it from everybody. Yeah, you're just a little sleep around. That's what you are, right? You know, she can look them in the face, and she could go, well, I used to be, but you know what? I've been forgiven by the only one who it really matters. The one that could have judged me and put me in hell, you know, he told me to go and sin no more. So you can take your little attitude, Missy, and check it at the door. How, how many, so here we have an all-powerful God could bring complete judgment upon this woman, but we see the heart of God for us tonight and for sinners, and that is mercy. And you know what? I'm willing to bet this woman had no problem repenting. It was like, man, I'm going to get right and stay right. 
And I believe there's people here tonight, maybe condemnation is against you, fighting against you, mind battles, different things. But I'm here to tell you, the God of all the universe, amen, is ready to extend mercy. You know all he's looking for, maybe for some of us? How about a little repentance? How about going to somebody and saying, I'm sorry for being a jerk? Amen. For some of us, I don't know what your situation is. Maybe you're under complete assault at home, people coming against you, and you can be like, God, make me like that woman right there. Yep, I messed up. Yep, I'm paying the price for my consequences. But God, bring me to that day where I can walk in the marketplace and hold my head high saying, you know, I've been forgiven. I've been washed. Oh, yeah, I screwed up. Maybe it wasn't too long ago. But you know what? You can walk. You can walk out of the mess. Amen. You can walk. You can. You can. The Bible talks about God's righteousness covers what? It covers us. It's like a cloak that we put on because guess what? We're not getting any cleaner. But the blood of Jesus sets us free. The only one in the cosmos who could have condemned her chose to forgive her. Amen. God is looking to redeem some folks tonight. Amen. Looking to cleanse some people's conscience. Hallelujah. By what? The blood of Jesus. Amen. Let's bow our heads tonight. I appreciate your time this evening. God's doing good things. Uh, we serve a wonderful, holy God in this place. What a blessing it is to be saved living for God tonight. Amen. But maybe you're in this place. You don't have a relationship with God. God wants to help you. Amen. All powerful God came, lived a perfect life for us. He didn't have to, but he did it to redeem us. Amen. He died on the cross. He lived a perfect life for us, and he has died in your place. And he wants to know tonight if you're interested in being forgiven from your sins. Amen. If you be honest with yourself, if you're of any age, uh, you know that you're a sinner. You know that you have done things that you don't want to talk about. You know you have a guilty conscience. I'm here to tell you, the blood of Jesus, his sacrifice, uh, if you would accept Christ uh, in your life tonight, you can be completely set free from these things. Uh, and in addition to that, the Bible says you can have a relationship with God and one day you can enter into heaven with him. What a blessing that is. God doesn't want to kill you. I remember I used to be a sinner, and I thought God hated my guts. Couldn't have been more wrong. He wanted to save me. I just couldn't see it. I hated myself. I hated everybody else. But came to a church that preached the gospel, gave my life to Christ, didn't even know what I was saying or asking. I was manic depressive. I was on all sorts of drugs. And God came and set me free, delivered me. Amen. And now I have a destiny. Don't know everything, but I do know Jesus. And it's a wonderful thing. Maybe that's you tonight. God's speaking to you. You say, you know what? I don't have that relationship with Jesus. This is what Jesus wants to do with you. He's not interested in killing you, not interested in hurting you. He wants to redeem your soul. And you say, Pastor, you know what? I want that tonight. Would you raise your hand tonight and say, Pastor, would you pray for me? I need, I need God in my life. Brother, I see your hand. Amen. Anybody else in this place? You say, you know what? I want to get right with Jesus tonight. I'm not, I'm not there. I, I feel God moving on my heart. Uh, I want to come to Jesus tonight. God's dealing with you. Raise your hand. We're going to pray, amen. We're going to pray with our brother here shortly. Is there anybody else you want to join our brother here? Maybe you've backslidden. Sometimes we backslide. We fall away from God, and we think, you know what? I've done enough. God should leave me alone now. And then, man, he's right back drawing us back, drawing us back to himself, amen. And maybe that's you tonight. You realize, man, God's drawing me back. I've fallen away. Pastor, here's my hand. I've backslidden. I want to come back. God doesn't want to kill you like this woman. Uh, he wants to set you free. He, he set her free by mercy tonight. Is there anybody in this place you've backslidden? Used to be saved. Used to be living for God. 
But right now, you know I'm not right. You want to get right. Just raise your hand. Just, just raise your hand. We want to pray with you. Is there anybody tonight in this place? God's dealing with your heart. Amen. I see that little hand in the back. Is there anybody else? You're a backslider. Say, Pastor, I want to get right tonight. Anybody in this place? Let God touch you. Hallelujah. Praise God. Um, brother, would you come? We're going to pray with you. Amen. We're going to pray with you tonight. What a blessing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Brother, what's your name? Ronnie. Nice to meet you, Ronnie. Al's going to come. Amen. Tonight. And he's going to pray for you, okay? Is that good? God's going to help you with that decision, bro. If I, if I can be saved, anybody can be saved. Amen. That was a real case. So Al's going to pray with you, Ronnie. Thank you. God bless you, brother. Amen. Praise God. Saints, these altars are open tonight. Let's get a hold of God. Maybe you're going through something rough right now. You need, just want to cry out and say, God, I need your mercy. God, extend your mercy to me. Maybe God will speak to you about some things in your life and say, you know what, I've I got to make this right. I was wrong here. I've hurt somebody. I need forgiveness. I need to forgive. Uh, let, let do that tonight and find the mercy of God to help you in your time of need as we sing a song this evening. Hallelujah.